You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to Forward Progress, your source for NFL betting content powered by the Hammer Betting Network and Pinnacle Sportsbook. Today, we're taking a look at arguably the best division in football from top to bottom. It's going to be the AFC North, and we're going to be sourcing odds from Pinnacle Sportsbook because Pinnacle is the world's sharpest sportsbook available to bettors in Ontario. Find out what pro bettors have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best bettors play. You must be 19 plus, not available into the U.S., and of course, please play responsibly as much as you possibly can. Let's start it off here with the Cincinnati Bengals, guys. Joined by Fabian Sommer, Hitman, Eric Eager, VP of Sumer Sports. And the Bengals have a lot of hype around them going into this year. And for good reason, one win away from the Super Bowl a year ago would have been a back-to-back Super Bowl run for them. They went 12-4. and They demolished Buffalo in the AFC Championship as well before eventually losing to, to Cincinnati. But... Uh, excuse me, to Kansas City. But this is a team that has high expectations in a very tough division. Is it Super Bowl or bust for the Cincinnati Bengals this year? I'll start with you, Eric. And and how close do you think they are to actually being able to finally get over that hump? In a weird way, I think it kind of is Super Bowl or bust just because the way in which they constructed their team is not going to work in the future. So, like, I, I always read these names off, but, like, Going into 2021, it was Trey Waynes, Eli Apple, Chidobi Wusi, Mike Hilton, Von Bell, Trey Flowers, Ricardo Allen. Like they built like all their weak link systems with veterans who were not that highly paid for veterans, but would be more expensive and more high variance than the rookies that they're going to have to build those same systems with after, you know. Chase, Higgins, and Burrow make what will amount to be probably $110 million per year out of the $250, let's say, by the time the cap it's really realized. So they're going to be making more than 40% of the cap for three players. It's just such a, a much more difficult existence that way. So while they're still in that window, I think that they have to at least win one for them to be satisfied about the results uh, of, of this of this first run of the Joe Burrow career. Hitman, I look at Cincinnati in the division right now, plus 121 to win the division at Pinnacle. I'm curious where you think they stack up against the other elite teams in the AFC. Because if we go back to last year, if you remember back to mid-season last year, everyone was kind of down on Kansas City in the early going, up on Buffalo. Then as the year went on, those things started to evolve. But Cincinnati's kind of been consistently in that mix where do you power rate them on the tier with the other top teams in the in the AFC with Kansas City and Buffalo? Are they on that level or are they a step behind? I have them below Kansas City and then by maybe a point, point and a half. I have them behind or excuse me, right with Buffalo. And then there's a little bit of a teardrop when you go from uh, Cincinnati and Buffalo to the next teams. And what I'll say with Cincinnati is, 
I like, obviously, the signing now that they finally got a left tackle and they can move Jonah Williams to right tackle. Obviously, the concern with them is they lost some players in their secondary, but they have a great defensive coordinator that I think maybe early in the season, it takes a little bit of a learning curve with the new players in the secondary, but they get it going towards the back, um, the back half of the year. And one thing I'll say about them is this team has had Kansas City's number. I mean, they could have... Easy. They beat them, obviously, twice the season before. And last season, they beat them in the regular season. And that was a result that I think at some point towards the end of the game in live wagering, Cincinnati was like minus 170 or something late in that game to beat them. And then you look at them against Buffalo. Before the game had to be stopped due to the DeMar Hamlin situation, Cincinnati was a three-point dog in that game, and they were, I think, minus 200 in live wagering when it was stopped going up and down the field. And then they played them in the playoff game, and as six-point dogs, without their offensive linemen, they handled them. So I think that this team, they do match up pretty well against Kansas City and Buffalo. But then, just going back to your earlier question, Super Bowl or bust, it's hard to have that mentality in the AFC because there's just so many teams that you could realistically see making the Super Bowl. It is a pretty loaded conference, Suma. And I want to get your thoughts on the Bengals because in years past, I think maybe the Bengals weren't deep enough to sustain like a major injury or anything like that, especially on defense. They had some turnover this offseason, especially at safety, losing both starting safeties as well. What are your thoughts on the Bengals going into this year? I think they're a little bit deeper. I mean, I think they have close to an elite quarterback, uh, but did they have anything that they benefited from last year that potentially made them look better than they were? I think what they benefited from the the past two years was they won the division and benefited from opposing quarterback play within the division not being really good. So... The Ravens missed Lamar Jackson for like four or five games each year. Um, Cleveland had that Baker Mayfield mess in 2021. Then last year, Deshaun Watson was suspended for 12 weeks and did not play uh, up to his usual standard when he came um, onto the field. And Pittsburgh was dealing with the last draw of Ben Roethlisberger. And then last year, they had Kenny Pickett um, as a rookie. And everything changes this year, in my opinion. Like... Cleveland are getting a full offseason, a full season with Deshaun Watson in what's going to be a new kind of scheme um, with decent playmakers. The Ravens have a, a whole new, all new um, receiving group with Todd Monken and Kenny Pickett is entering year two uh, with a stable offensive line, so to speak. So I think this is something that, that might be harming to, uh, to the Bengals within their division. And also what you just said, lo- losing both starting safeties, losing Eli Apple. Eli Apple was not really good, but they're basically losing the, the, the three players with the three more snaps on defense last year. Um, and as high as I am on Anurumo, I would expect some uh, damage at least early in the season and i think th- these are the two most glaring points for me to think that the Bengals, even though i'm also high on them in general might have a tougher road towards a, a home playoff game this year now this is definitely a loaded division this year Sumi touched on that a little bit and i brought it up at the beginning if we look at market expectations for these teams the lowest win total in the division is the steelers at eight and a half minus 142 to the over right now at Pinnacle. So there are high expectations for every single team in this division. And I've 
you know, we're leading up to football season. I consume a ton of content myself. I've seen a lot of people make good cases for every other team within the division to potentially either be a playoff team, potentially win the division. Suma, I'll go back to you here because, I mean, it's possible that all four of these teams end up delivering on their preseason expectation. It could happen. Every team could be above 500 by the end of the year. But if one of these teams was going to falter, who do you think is the most likely this season? Uh, it, that was uh, that's a very tough question. I would probably go with the Steelers because that's still the the worst quarterback situation. Um, I didn't like too much about Kenny Pickett last year. He significantly improved um, over the second half of the season, but I also think that he, he didn't face the the toughest slate of um, opposing defenses. But when you compare all, all the quarterback situations, Steelers is a significant teardrop, in my opinion, with Kenny Pickett in his second year. So Eric and Hitman, I see both of you guys nodding to that. Eric, I'll start with you. Do you think potential, I, I mean, there's this like floor that the Steelers have kind of had for 16 years now, right? Where you just wonder how they possibly get to be a winning team every single year under Mike Tomlin. And that's kind of why we see this, this expectation in the market right now, relative to where we were a season ago. Do you have genuine concerns about Pittsburgh going into this year, or do you think that they potentially could take another leap forward this year? Yeah, I think when, when you think about all the teams in the division trying to reach the same, trying to reach the over, you saw that last year in, in the NFC East, but that was because every team in the NFC East had an easy schedule. Interestingly, that's also true about this division, um, except it's not quite as easy. You're looking at things like a quarter of a point to a half a point easier per game when last year the Giants had a schedule that was a point per game easier, and that was why they were able to get to 9-7-1. I think of the Steelers sort of in the same vein, where I look at them, they're about a third of a point easier per game, which to me is not necessarily enough to carry because, you know, the Steelers have, you know, their coaching staff, which is always befuddling to me. I know you guys talk about it on a lot of your, uh, your shows, Rob, where any traditional way of measuring coaching analytically, Tomlin does horribly, and yet, like, if you throw him in there – in like a model with uh, random effects, he does great. Like, I just don't know where the generating process is there. And so even though it happens all the time, I'm never just going to blindly bet over on the Steelers because I don't know where it originates from. I think Suma, Suma made a great point about Pickett where down the stretch, you look great. A lot of come from behind wins. And, you know, generally speaking, had kind of um, some, like he, he had some it factor things that people might want to buy into this year. That's something, my answer is Pittsburgh too, that I'm going to fade. It's just I, I see him as kind of a, a Mac Jones-like player, which any perturbation to that, whether it be receiver injuries, offensive line, poor play, new coordinator this year, although their new coordinator is probably going to be better than the, the New England's was last year, is always going to cause harsh realities for a second-year quarterback. So that to me is why I'm not buying really into Pittsburgh this year either. Hitman, you want to follow up on that at all? I agree with everything that – everyone said about Pittsburgh, but probably if I thought one team would maybe fall short of their expectations on their win total, it would probably be Cincinnati. And it's not because I don't like Cincinnati's roster. It's just the fact that you have this number lined at 11 and a half right now. You're playing the Ravens twice. You're playing the Browns twice. You're playing the Steelers twice. You're playing a first place schedule, which is going to have the Buffalo Bills and the Chiefs. It's just not an easy road for Cincinnati, and you could win 11 games and have a successful season. You could win 10 games and have a successful season. So 
if I was to, to look at one team that could underachieve, it would probably be Cincinnati, despite the fact that I do like their team. Yeah, I'm kind of in a similar boat with the Ravens personally, just because I like the Ravens. I think the expectation should be pretty high for them this year, but you can't ignore the fact that their starting quarterback seemingly always gets injured. I mean, it's two years in a row now where we've seen him miss significant amount of time over the course of the year. And it's not like they're just going to scale back what Lamar Jackson does best. You need him to be a dual threat quarterback and that makes him a little bit prone to injury going forward. So I'm high on Baltimore, but I'd be very concerned about betting any overs in the win total market on the Baltimore Ravens just because of the quarterback situation. We haven't touched at all on the Cleveland Browns. And we saw Deshaun Watson last year, Eric, with 170 pass attempts, very small sample, but frankly, didn't look very good near the bottom of the league in terms of EPA, didn't really show the flashes of the quarterback that he was in Houston. What do you do with a quarterback like Watson? How do you project him going into this year where we have that limited sample from last year, but obviously the larger career sample for him? Yeah, the 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 bull case to make for Deshaun Watson is that Kevin Stefanski has always coached these two tight ends, two running backs, offenses where the quarterback is always running play action, turning his back to the defense and, you know, hitting the stuff over the middle of the crossers and all that. And, you know, that works with guys like Kirk Cousins. That works with guys at times like Baker Mayfield, those sort of more limited guys. Whereas the best season Deshaun Watson's ever had is when they put him in shotgun with three or four wide receivers and let him pick apart a defense. The, the bull case is to say, well, last year Stefanski didn't alter his offense because 11 games were going to be played by a like a weaker version of the Mayfields and the Cousins and Jacoby Brissett. And they knew they probably weren't going to be in contention. The, the bear case is we don't know if Stefanski can run that offense. We don't know. We, we've seen historically, like when Steve Sarkeesian took over for Kyle Shanahan or, you know, you know, other examples, even in Minnesota, when Gary Kubiak took over for Kevin Stefanski, guys who are trying to call somebody else's offense, generally speaking, don't perform that well as play callers. So uh, to me, I, I think that Watson's talent and that of Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore, David Njoku, I think that's going to win out a little bit, especially because the secondaries in this division have gotten worse, including Baltimore's, which has always been really good. And so I think he'll have success. But if he doesn't have success, it's going to be because the play caller and the quarterback don't match. And that was the reason why they struggled last year. Suma, I'd like to get your take on the Browns. You were nodding a little bit while Eric was talking there, uh, particularly on offense with Deshaun Watson, but also defensively. This is a team, in my opinion, you look at their metrics defensively over the past couple of years. I think that their personnel has been way better than they've actually performed on the field for a long time, uh, especially not being able to get off the field on third downs. I wonder if you were going to see a leap defensively for this year and, and curious what your thoughts are, Suma. I think that we should see a leap because of two components and the first one is Jim Schwartz and the second one is that they um, address their defensive line and I think having a Jim Schwartz SDC and an improved defensive line can be some some form of a stable part that should really help them get better at pass, uh, rushing the passer and also stopping the run. They added Delvin Tomlinson for the middle. I think having Zadarius Smith opposite of Miles Garrett can, can really do wonders for um, for this defensive line. So on that part um, side of the field, I expect them to get at least a, a little bit better. And on the other side, I, I agree with Eric, like everything that we have heard from Cleveland last year and this offseason 
is that they really couldn't change schemes within the season. And Deshaun Watson is running a, a different offense this year. We are going to wait to see what it's actually uh, going to look like on the field. But I think they have a great offensive line. Um, they got more weapons this year. Uh, I think David Njoku is incredibly underrated as a tight end. Uh, they got Eli Moore. And if they're really able to basically merge that run game with Nick Chubb, with some kind of a spread offense that Deshaun Watson has run in his last year in Houston, which was his best career season. I really think that this offense um, could be really good next year. Hitman, looking at the divisional odds, there's like a, a clear distinction between every team. So there's like a tier one, two, three, four, basically, right? With the Bengals favorite at the top, Ravens are in the plus 250 range. You got the Browns in the plus 375 range, and then the Steelers at the bottom. I'm curious... I've heard a lot of people that are much higher on Cleveland this year than maybe the market, potentially thinking they're actually better than Baltimore and those teams would be switched. Is there anything that you feel like is mispriced within the division? Do you think Cleveland might be closer to Baltimore on that same tier? Or do you think that this is a fair assessment of where the teams are heading into the year? Yeah, I think if you are interested in betting Cleveland, you're, you're looking towards some of the alternate markets, where the, whether it's an alternate season win over or it's a division play where you're getting a big plus money payout. Because if you're big on Cleveland this year, you're probably believing that what happened to Deshaun Watson last season was a fluke and that he's going to perform more like he performed when he was with Houston. And you have just such a high ceiling if you believe that because you have, as we said, a great offensive line. All signs are pointing that they're going to be a throw first team this year. Stefanski's obviously a very analytical coach. Not only did you add Eli Moore, but you added Marquise Goodwin. And you also used the first pick that you had in this draft to draft the wide receiver. And as we said, the defense made some low-key nice additions and Juan Thornhill, Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson, and Jim Schwartz was one of the best hires of the entire offseason. We talk a lot about Vic Fangio with Miami, but Jim Schwartz was a really good addition also to this Browns defense. So I think if you are looking to bet Cleveland, you're looking towards more of the big payouts in case if Watson does get back to that Houston form. This is a pretty loaded – it's going to be the best roster and the best play caller that he's had in his entire career. This is the fifth of the division previews that we're doing uh, leading up to the season. Obviously, for those viewers who have not seen any of them before, we do have a playlist right here on Forward Progress. You can see the previous ones that we've done already. AFC East, NFC East, uh, AFC, no, South and West. I'm getting confused. NFC East is coming up. But we did the South divisions and the West divisions. And we end every video the same way, which is looking at the regular season win totals for these teams in the market right now and giving what we think would be the best bet available on the board right now at Pinnacle. So if we do look at the division, Pittsburgh's the lowest win total at eight and a half, heavily juiced towards the over. Baltimore and Cleveland are both nine and a halfs. Cleveland Browns juiced towards the under in the minus 140 range. The Ravens juiced to the over pretty heavily. That one could, could have easily moved up uh, a bit as well. Then we got the Cincinnati Bengals, 11 and a half wins. Uh, the under minus 132 there. We'll go around the clock here. Suma, I'll start with you. If you had to pick a regular season win total in the AFC North, who is it and why? Uh, Hitman already had a glimpse. I'm going with uh, Cincinnati under 11 and a half. I just think that despite them being really, really good in their projection overall, I think it's a very tough ask to, to win 12 plus games 
this season, especially in this division. Like so many things or so many small things could go wrong for them, which could lead to them winning 11, 10, 9 games and still uh, going into the playoffs. But winning 12 games again is, is really too much to ask, in my opinion. All right, Hitman, over to you. Yeah, same play. We touched on it earlier. And my numbers came out to like 10.7 on Cincinnati. And that's with an assumption that they're right around Buffalo power rating wise, which just goes to show you that they're just in a loaded division and you got a first place schedule. So, and it's hard to go 12 and five in the NFL year in and year out. So yeah, for me, it would be Cincinnati under 11 and a half as well. Eric. Yeah, I make the Cincinnati number about 11.03, which I don't know how you win 0.03 of a game. But um, I, I'm actually going to go a little bit different. I'm going to take Steelers under 8.5 at plus 119. I make it right around like 8.4. But again, you get the you get the plus price there. I will, you know, go to like, look, like my grade might end up saying like bet against Mike Tomlin, but who knows? Like, I, I feel like at one point it's got to it's got to fall apart and you know, they're defensively, they continue to get a little bit more brittle every year. They still have Watt. They still have Hayward. Those guys are a little older. In the secondary, other than Fitzpatrick, who doesn't play that high impact of a position, like it's always a question mark for me with them. Um, and in a division where Ravens should be able to throw now with Monken, Cleveland should be able to throw now with Watson, and Cincinnati's always been able to throw, I think that that's going to hurt them a little bit. I love doing videos where we give away one guaranteed winner. And there is going to be one guaranteed winner because I am head to head with you, Eric. Uh, I like I, I I've heard your Steelers. Sl- I've heard everyone's Steelers slander for the last twenty minutes here. Uh, I actually like the Steelers over. I'm very high on them. And honestly, like you look back to a year ago, rookie quarterback, offensive line a complete disaster, defense missing their best player for half the year. They still finished nine and eight. Now, obviously, there's a lot of variance in those games, but. I am higher on Kenny Pickett than a lot of people. Uh, His numbers are not going to jump off the page. You look at his touchdown interception ratio, EPA per play, everything like that looks very average. He's the guy to me that passes the eye test more than the actual numbers, personally. Uh, I just think he stands in the pocket. He shows a lot of things that are atypical of a rookie quarterback and really was hurt by early down play calling last year where he had to kind of work his way out of a lot of holes and was put into a lot of bad situations. Can that happen again this year? Of course, but I think that he's going to take a step forward this year. I like what they did on the left side of that offensive line. They draft Broderick Jones in the first round. No guarantee that he's just going to step in and be an amazing player, but obviously addressing an area of weakness. Isaac Somalo comes over from the Eagles as well. They have some depth on the O-line now with Nate Herbick, uh, LaRaven Clark as well. They get Watt on the field to start the year. And we like, obviously it's, you know, we're beating a dead horse talking about the Steelers record with Watt on the field versus off the field. Some of that's quality of competition as well. But I really do think that like 500 is this team's floor right now. And I think that they could be a lot better than people realize. So uh, I'm a, I'm a Steelers stand this year. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but guaranteed at least one winner here on forward progress a reminder to everyone who watched this video today if you did enjoy it make sure you smash that like button make sure you're subscribed to forward progress and you hit that bell icon to turn on notifications you'll get notified every single time we put out videos 
Hitman put out a video earlier this week with an NFL future. We'll have more and more, more of those coming here on Forward Progress. So make sure you're subscribed. This has been the AFC North Divisional Preview right here on Forward Progress. We'll catch you next time.